singers. I don't know what else to say, except that may, may God answer that prayer so beautifully and amazingly sung. May, may he answer it, that he would shine upon us, 
in our hour together this morning and in all the days of our lives. May we experience his grace and his love and his light shining on us and our homes. Good morning. Welcome everyone to Faith Christian Reformed Church and this hour of worship. Welcome to those joining in at home. Welcome to all of you present here in the sanctuary. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful time this morning as we come in faith and as we uh, have prayed for God's blessing and his light to shine in our midst. He will surely answer that prayer as we enter into his presence in Jesus' name. Would you please stand to receive God's greeting? Friends, brothers and sisters, grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from Christ Jesus our Lord through the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stay standing as we sing together now. No. 
be seated, church. And as you're seated and stay seated, uh, we're going to be singing together, um, How Blessed Is He Whose Trespass. This is a song of confessing our sins and having assurance of our salvation in the Lord Jesus. It's right from Psalm 32. Let's sing this together. As we've brought our praises to the Lord, we'll continue in worship by bringing him our prayers. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, the Lord of heaven and earth, you who providentially reign over all things, we bring before you today all the nations of the world and especially our own nation. We see so much that is good around us in in your provision, in the ways that people work and live together. And we also see so much evil, so much injustice, so much that is broken and wrong. And Father, we ask as only you can that you work against the evil and the injustice that, that some seek to bring about. And we ask that you bless the efforts of those who seek justice and peace and righteousness. Inspire the hearts and minds of our leaders and 
and give them the wisdom to discern what is right and what is best and lead them in your ways. And Heavenly Father, Lord, our Savior, we ask that you look especially on your people, on your church in our struggles and our weakness. Have mercy on us. Give us, give us the strength to stand firmly on your truth. Inspire our witness to all peoples from here to the ends of the earth. Lord, today we pray especially for Pastor Greg and for his family. We give thanks for their years of service and for, for their part in this church family. We pray that you bless them too in, in the next season of life and ministry in Wisconsin. Grant them joy in service and peace in this transition. And Father, we pray too for faith. We ask that you provide guidance and wisdom for this next season. Lead us, guide us, help us to grow in you. Help us to be always deeply rooted in your word. Help us to be a community of love. And help us to bring your good news to those around us. Our Heavenly Father and Lord of grace and compassion, we bring before you especially those who are suffering. We ask that you give Doris and give Ed smooth healing. For all of those who are sick among us, we ask for healing. And we ask, too, for endurance, for your peace and your comfort. Lord, for those who are lonely, for those who are confused, for those who feel lost, for those, for those who just feel down, we pray, we pray that you bring your comfort, your encouragement, that you provide for each of us what we stand in need of this day and always. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you keep our thoughts and our lives centered on Jesus Christ, our Savior. We ask that you send your Spirit to renew us and to give us deeper life in you. Amen. Please stand now. We're together going to profess our faith. Go ahead and stand. We're going to together profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. And, and I ask that as we say these words, we not just recite them by rote, but that we actually profess our faith and celebrate, celebrate the reality of what we believe by God's work and His grace in our lives. Let's together say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. During this next song, during this next song children ages 3 through kindergarten are invited to go out for children's church. We who are remaining here will together sing to Jesus who gives us true joy in our hearts now and forever. Let's continue to praise the Lord.
Our scripture reading this morning is in Acts 20. Uh, if you were with us or following along the last couple of weeks, uh, we were reading a section that uh, in my Bible says at the beginning of it, Paul's farewell to the Ephesian elders. And we're taking this in three parts. We're at the third part right now. He's meeting with the Ephesian elders, giving him his farewell words, the great apostle Paul is. And then the Ephesian elders are then going to bring these farewell words to the church at Ephesus. And that was back in the day, back in, a- in Asia Minor, a church there. And in modern day, um, way western Turkey. We're going to begin reading at Acts 20, verse 32, to the end of the chapter. Uh, let's, let's pause and ask God's blessing on, on his word this morning. Father, we ask that you would bless uh, the hearing and the reading of your word. Illumine our hearts and minds. Change us. Give us soft hearts to hear what you have to say to your church and to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Acts 20, beginning at verse 32. Let's listen to God's holy and infallible word. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said this, it's Paul again, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them the most was his statement that they would never see his face again. And then they accompanied him to the ship. Brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ in Acts 20, 13 to 38, those 25 verses, Paul is saying farewell to the elders, and like I said, to the, ultimately to the church that he planted and then pastored. In his final words these last couple of weeks, we've seen uh, the three parts of faith's mission statement pop out quite clearly. In the first section we read, especially verses 20 21 and 27, we talked about experiencing God's word as Paul highlighted his teaching and his preaching and the proclamation of God's word that he did in their midst and what that was all about. Then last week, and this is verses 28 to 30 especially, we saw the idea of equipping God's people and how the elders, he's talking to the elders of the Ephesians, how they are equipped to serve in the church and how the people of the church, in turn, are to be equipped by the leaders for works of service, as Paul lays out in a letter, the Ephesian letter that he sends to them later in chapter 4. In our verses today, we're going to focus on expressing God's love. Scripture says God is love in 1 John 4. God's love, well, well, that's really the central message of the whole Bible, and, and even narrowing that down and 
being a little more specific, we could say that the message of the Bible is the love of God for his people demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Paul's letter to the Romans, a lot of people consider it his heaviest letter in the sense that it's the most theological, you could argue, the most doctrinal. And if you've read Romans, you've seen that yourself. But God's love is central to even that super theological and doctrinal book. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Paul's letters to the other churches, he emphasizes the love of God again and again. Jesus, God's only son, again and again, he talks about how he went to the cross for our sins and how that's the ultimate picture of love. In his death and resurrection, that's the love that you and I most need. And it's also the most powerful love in history. And when we embrace that love by faith that the Holy Spirit puts in our hearts, guess what? Then you've got everything, literally everything you will ever need in body and soul and life and in death forever and ever. Earlier in these verses of this farewell, uh, we had read about Paul's many trials he talked about him and how he was tested by the plots of the Jews, yet he kept preaching. He was declared guilty of crimes for preaching about the kingdom of God, but he kept on doing it. And why? Well, he knew that people needed to hear the good news about the love of God in Jesus Christ. That's why he kept going, despite the trials. And we know all, all believers experience suffering. Uh, this love, strikingly, the love of God, is what Paul says br brings us through trials and hardship. That's how we get through them, the love of God. And, and it struck me, this, but, but we know it. Again, Romans, this time, chapter 8, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And what shall separate us from the love of God, right? Trouble, hardship, danger, persecution, anything, no. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And it goes on, I'm convinced that neither death nor life or angels or demons, the present and the future, anything else in all creation, what? will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The whole Bible is about the love of God. The Old Testament looks forward to Jesus, and we see there the great need for Jesus to come. We see the promises that he will come, and we see how God prepares for his coming. And then in the New Testament, because God so loved the world, says John 3.16, Jesus comes. And now we, his people, live out of that love. Just like we see in this very touching scene we read today. How Paul and that church must have loved each other. In, in these final words, in this very tender parting, we see God's love expressed between a pastor and a congregation 
Paul commits the church to God's grace. He reminds them what that grace is about. It builds you up. And it gives you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Those who are sanctified means literally those who are made holy. Those who believe in Jesus, we are made holy. We're cleansed of our sins because when we believe, we're given the Holy Spirit. He emphasizes here, too, that when he was among them, his hands supplied his own needs and the needs of his companions. We know that Paul was a tent maker. That was his trade. And with that example, he tells them how with hard work, we're called to help the weak, which is kind of an interesting thing to say. It reminded me of something our catechism says about the Eighth Commandment, um, do not steal. And, and so I, I, looked, that, I look, looked at it more carefully, and I saw there's a little footnote by the catechism's explanation of the Eighth Commandment. And the footnote is to something that Paul wrote to this church in his letter later on. The book of Ephesians 4.28, we work to provide for our households, of course, but then this, he says there, similar to what he says here, we also work, not just for ourselves, we work so that we have something to provide for those in need. That's what that strange little thing is about, about providing for the weak. He brings up something that Jesus said but it's not recorded in any of the four Gospels. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And then there's that, the sweet parting we read about. They prayed, they wept, they embraced. I think it says they kissed. This is all a picture of the love of God that church families experience together and how that love of God draws us closer. When we know the love of God, the Holy Spirit compels us to share that love. We express that love. And, and we do that with one another in the church family, even this church family. We think of, of, of the care that we uh, have for one another. Sometimes, yeah, we're on the second point. Thank you. We think, and you think, and I think at this time of, of the care uh, that we have for one another, uh, sometimes expressed in, in, in tears of, of heartache, other times tears of joy that we have with one another. Sarah and I just had some tears of joy um, meeting with a, a young couple on Friday morning. We express God's love because love is the heart and soul of Christian living, and it's the heart of our response to God's love for us. The greatest commandment summary of the whole law. It's love. In the letter Paul wrote to this church, Ephesians 5 verse 1, live a life of love just as Christ has loved us. We have felt, brothers and sisters, your love so strongly, literally from the moment we arrived, even before when, when we visited and, and were meeting with the search team. And I preached here. That was Mother's Day and uh, 2002, I believe. I think it was Mother's Day, but we, we experienced that, and then things went forward, and we received a call to serve here uh, alongside and under, in a sense, Reverend Koning, 
Um, we felt the love then when little Olivia, who's <laughs> 20 plus years old, almost 21, she was two, and Sarah was pregnant with Hannah. We felt this congregation's love through our blessings, which, of which we have many, and our heartaches too. And, and I think of how you loved us through the stillbirth of our son uh, on the day he was to be born in 2016. Jacob would be 15 today. And, and, and I just can't imagine it. Um, Sarah and I can't wait to see our only son in heaven one day. And the girls can't wait to meet their brother. Little brother to Olivia and Hannah. Older brother to Sophia and Adriana. He's there. He's waiting for us. You loved me through two brain surgeries and cancer treatments, uh, which were so difficult. Uh, you were patient. You didn't kick me to the curb, even though things looked, looked pretty bad at first. But you loved me through it and our whole family through my healing, through my recovery, and I'm so thankful for that. You expressed your love when Sarah's dad, remember Tom, Tom DeVries, who was a member of this church, passed away suddenly on Easter Sunday in 2017. You've shown a deep, deep love to all four of our daughters. And in turn, I love you dearly. And I have in, in pastoral care and like funerals and gravesides in home and hospital and rehab visits and at nursing home bedsides and in preaching and baptisms and weddings and all the rest. And Sarah has been so much a part of this love too, right there with me and with you over the years. The love is expressed here with tears, all the more so because they knew they never see Paul again in this life. We express our love to one another in this church because the Spirit compels those who know God's love to do that, to share God's love. The church, the Christian faith, it's all about the love of God, the greatest love of all, the love everyone is searching for and needs, whether they know it or not, a love that fulfills our greatest longings. The love is so powerful, this love of God, and so supernatural that we can even love our enemies with this love. That's powerful love, as Jesus calls us to. Instead of what the world does, and people who do not have the love of God, what do they do to enemies? Well, they get back at them. They look for revenge, or, or they live their life with a chip on their shoulder because of what's happened to them and the suffering they've experienced. The book of Acts, even our verses, show us the trajectory of that love from God to the church and the church family outward and forward. Paul was headed to Jerusalem, you remember at the beginning of our verses a couple weeks ago, to celebrate the anniversary of Pentecost. And, and that's kind of why he's meeting with the elders apart from the church, just to save time on his boat trip. Uh, so he'd get there by the anniversary. The book of Acts starts out with Pentecost. In Acts 1, Jesus ascended into heaven after he rose again, and he told his disciples that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them, and that happened. The Spirit came upon them at Pentecost. 
Peter preached a sermon, and about 3,000 people repented of their sins and came to faith in Jesus Christ. At that time, if you think about it, everyone who believed in Jesus was Jewish. Now, some years later, after Paul's three missionary journeys, on this anniversary of Pentecost, the good news has gone out and it's been accepted by all sorts of different people. Converted pagans, Gentiles, not only Jews anymore. Paul's traveling companions at this time, we, knew, we know, were at least six different people, and they were from all different regions representing the harvest of the nations that was coming to fulfillment as God had promised all along, even all the way back to Abraham. And that's, that's in short, the mission of the church. That's the trajectory. And if it wasn't that trajectory, God's love to his people and then outward to everyone we meet, guess what? Not one of us would be here praising the Lord this morning unless, and not one of us would be here experiencing his blessings and his joy and his promises, unless at some point in the past, God's love that a believer had received in, in their heart and then lived in the church family, then took the next step and, and shared that love and expressed it to others who did not yet know the Lord. And now because of a faithful believer before us, we and our children and their children and their children after them, now we get to know and live out of the love of God. Isn't that incredible? That precious love in a church family, it can become stagnant, like a pond have you ever seen a stagnant pond that there's just no fresh water getting into it? A, a church family can become stagnant if we put up walls between us and those outside of the family and want to just keep that love for ourselves. I remember a conversation I had with someone um, in our congregation, and they said, and I, I had the words here because I said them in a sermon a number of years ago, they said to me, I think a great goal, and I don't even remember who this was, I think a great goal, maybe when we were working on our mission statement or something, I think a great goal, they said, for our church should be that we would be a church that loves everyone we meet, that we are caring, that we accept people, that we welcome them in, and indeed, we, that's what we want to do. Uh, the love of God expressed within the church family achieves its full beauty and fullest radiance when it's expressed not only to our own, but to others who need it. And that parallels the eternal love of God in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That love was perfect and whole, but the entire creation and the plan of salvation is about God welcoming us, his people, into that perfect love. I know I've shared probably a variety of quotes over the years in sermons from D.L. Moody, the evangelist who was founder of Moody Church and Moody Bible Institute here in Chicago. Um, I shared this one once about a church showing love beyond their walls. Moody once said this, show me a church where there is love and I will show you a church that is a power in the community. 
in, in, in Chicago, and he tells this story. In Chicago, a little boy back in the day attended a Sunday school I know of, says Moody. And when his parents moved to another part of the city, the little guy still attended the same Sunday school, although it meant a long, long, tiresome walk each way. And a friend asked him, why, why are you going so far? There are all kinds of churches much closer to your home that would be just as good, aren't there? And then this little boy said, well, they may be as good for others, but, but not for me. And this, this woman, it was, replied, well, why not? And then he just said simply, because they love a fellow over there. They love a fellow over there at that church. And Moody goes on and he says, if only we could make the world believe that we loved them. There would be fewer empty churches, a smaller proportion of our population who would never think of darkening a church door. Let love, he says, replace duty in our church relations and our connections with others, and the world will soon be evangelized. In a world without love and grace, with people out there alone, stuck in a rut, We have the joy of the Lord. We have his grace. We have his love. As we talk about that, we certainly recognize, each one of us, how far we've fallen short in our love for God, in our love for others, one another in this church family, and how far we've fallen short in loving those beyond the church family. And so the advice of of C.S. Lewis is good. On the whole... He says, God's love for us is a much safer subject to think about than our love for him. To to focus on that, that he loved us so much to send his only son to atone for all our sins and our shortcomings. Thank you, Lord. I hope, I trust that if nothing else, you have heard the heart of the gospel, the heart of the Bible's message from me over the years, wherever in the Bible I've been preaching, that you've heard it, the love of God, his grace for his people. Young people, students, in in challenging and, and confusing times in the world and in your lives, remember the love of God. It's been given to you by the home you're in, If you're in this church and in this church family, stay close to Jesus and his flock, the church, and and you can't go wrong. That's how you stay close to his love and embrace God's love, pass it on. And everybody, I, I want you to know how much I love you and how much I've appreciated you over these years. Thank you for everything. Thank you for expressing your love to me and to my family over these many years. Keep doing that. Keep it up in this church family and beyond. Amen. I'm going to have Kristen Voss come up as our concluding prayer. We're just going to sing a verse of that famous hymn, The Love of God, verse and chorus. You can stay seated as you do it, so I'll, I'll lead us. Well, Kristen will lead me, and then I'll lead you in singing. Here we go. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair 
bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Amen. We're going to sing our next song. Uh, blessed be the tie that binds, and then the final song for this morning, While We're Standing. Would you please stand and sing?
Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Okay, hey guys, you can have a seat. Um, sorry, I forgot to mention that to Donna earlier. So we just wanted to share a few words um, with the Shuring guys. And uh, before even that, I just wanted to say what an incredible joy, one of the joys of my life, and I'm sure all the people up here as well on the worship team to be able to worship here at Faith with all you guys. It's so powerful. I wish all of you could be up here up front to feel uh, the power of God's glory as you worship and praise him um, from your seats there. So also very thankful to see all these people in church. It's been a long time. It's good to be together. Uh, maybe we could get that first picture up. So this is September 29, 2002. This is uh, Pastor Schuringa's installation service here at Faith Church with Pastor Koning. Um, 18 and a half years ago. So Greg served at Faith um, and his whole family for 18 and a half years, and he was called to be our senior pastor in 2009. And I just wanted to share just a few um, statistics. Uh, Greg has preached 839 sermons written and preached here at Faith Church. That doesn't include the third Thursday messages, Timothy chapels, or preaching at other churches. In his time here, he's presided over 120 funerals, 38 weddings, and he baptized 46 of our children. He's taught senior Bible study. He's taught catechism, um, small groups. He's led worship music weekly. Um, he's led singing for gems and music for Timothy chapels. And he's always focused on music that has a strong biblical message, and that's been important to him. And um, I think our church has really appreciated that. Greg served on multiple committees. He's led our council and elders as well as serving our denomination in various leadership roles. <clears throat> Greg, Pastor Schuringa, has always been very good at welcoming new members to our church. And I just recall when Kathy and I first visited here at Faith 15, 16 years ago. And the very first Sunday that we were here, Greg came up to us in the back there and he said, hey, really nice to meet you. Hey, I hear you play guitar. And so we chatted for a little bit then, and that very week I was in his office, he was in the small office then, with his keyboard and my guitar, and we were just going through some songs. He wasn't taking any chances on me, but so we went through a few songs, and I think that a lot of people, I think most families that have joined our church in the last 15 years would have a similar story about how they were approached and welcomed and enfolded by Greg and Sarah and their family. We really appreciate that. Um, serving with Greg on council and elders, I got to see how carefully he prepared for those meetings and how much work was involved there. And I also saw firsthand his care and love for our church and for its members and his desire to serve God here at Faith. And serving with him on the worship team, I was able to enjoy his musical gifts. And being here early on Sunday mornings uh, to get ready for worship, run through the songs, 
gave me a vision into what kind of work goes on behind the scenes here at Faith Church just to get a smooth running Sunday morning service. It was very important to Greg that everything that we did, we did well. And I really appreciate and very thankful for that and all that work that Greg's put in, both in the leadership of the church, the writing of his sermons, and the leading of worship. Maybe you could put the second picture up. Same time period. Greg looks like he's about 18. Uh, <clears throat> I also wanted to say a few things about Sarah. Uh, Sarah, everyone may not know this, but Sarah has degrees from both Reform Bible College and Calvin Seminary, and she used that training and education to serve us here at Faith Church by Greg's side. She was a leader in the nursery, Vacation Bible School, GEMS, Women's Bible Study, and Sunday School, including Sunday School Singing. Um, she started the Mom-to-Mom program in our church that served not only our members, but other members from the community, friends of our members, and that's been a great and still is a great program. She ran the Christmas tea that was a tradition that was loved for many years at Faith. And she supported Greg in his ministry. But Sarah's been a mentor for a lot of women um, in our church, from um, single women to young moms. Um, my wife Kathy has a desk in a little office space in our, in our house. And on that desk, she's taped some cards and important notes to her. And I wasn't snooping, but I did notice a note with very nice, neat handwriting there. And it was a note from Sarah, and I'm not going to tell you what it said, but it was encouraging, loving, and kind. And it's something that meant enough to Kathy that I think it was dated 2018 that's just been there. And I can guarantee you, I would not be surprised if there's many, many women in this church that have a similar message from Sarah that they've treasured for many years. So thank you, Sarah, for all your service in this church, as both as a volunteer and as a husband to Greg. And maybe we could put that last uh, picture up, because I also wanted to thank the Shuringa girls. Thank you so much for sharing your parents with us in service of this church. Um, I know it's not always being a easy being a pastor's kid, and you shared your mom and dad with us. You shared your life through some of Greg's sermon stories, which maybe you didn't always appreciate, but we always appreciate it. And you've also brought a lot of joy and happiness to our church, sharing your gifts and talents and being good friends to those people that you made friends with here at Faith. So thank you for that. And I just wanted to uh, share one more brief story. Um, it's about By Faith, the song By Faith that we sing. And it's very special to me. Um, it's that Getty song. And about 10 years ago, we were working on trying to learn it. And it's pretty tough. It's a difficult song to play because it's got some fast chord changes and things like that. So we were working on it. And uh, we had a practice set up for a Thursday night. Um, and I was excited because I finally had it down. So I was excited to play. And that was September 1st, 2011. And that afternoon, I got a call that Greg had taken a fall. And we didn't know at the time you know, what caused that and what that was. Um, but as we all know, that was the beginning of a very long uh, journey that we all traveled together. And, uh, I remember in those weeks after, I didn't know if we'd be playing together again at all. And this church stepped up, as Greg said in his sermon too, to support him and to love him and to love the Shuringas and their family. We got gathered together and prayed with ferocity and conviction and uh, served the Shuringas. And also, this church supported us. We kept the church going, even though our pastor was down for the count and we didn't know what was going on 
we've moved forward. And I just wanted to thank this church for that. Thank this church for the support of Greg and his family. Thank this church for stepping up and taking care of its own members as we went through that time. And thankfully, we want to thank God that here we are worshiping with Greg this morning. We had many, many years. We played by faith many times together. And I'm just so thankful for that. Um, and I also want to pray that the Shuringas will have a great, great ministry at Wapan, First Wapan. And so thankful that they're going to be serving the Shuringas just the way that we serve them, and that they'll be serving together. Um, I wanted to ask Al De Los Santos to come up. He was going to say just a few words and then bring a prayer for us. Thanks so much, Matt, that you have just spoke to our hearts, I believe. I, I think that resonated with a lot of us, right? Similar experiences. So I won't add much more to that, but just a similar vein. I mean, Karen and I didn't start attending faith until 2012, and we were having troubles with a 15-year-old daughter, Marina, and Greg and Sarah both reached out to us to love on us and to kind of welcome us into faith, which we ended up joining in 2013. So I had a similar experience that you mentioned about Greg and Sarah's welcoming uh, love for new members. Uh, still having troubles with that daughter, by the way, challenging. Um, <laughs> um, just like Matt said, serving on council with Greg, many of us did that as men, uh, deacon or elder, and got to see his stewardship, just like you said. Um, and so I've experienced that diligence that Matt talked about, Greg, um, and your care for the church. Yeah, we, we echo those sentiments. Just, um, I got to work at the, that side of the worship preparation, which is the AV booth, and seeing the attention to detail, like Greg cared about how is the sermon going to go? What are people going to see? You heard today, this morning, I was just great. This is a perfect ending. He said, hey, that's point two. We've got to get you know, to the next point. <laughs> that's exactly, it was important to him. He wanted everybody to see what's going on, what's happening in the sermon, and he wants it to follow in step. And so he does. He cares about us. He loves us. The challenges were real too, I, I heard that. And what, when Sarah lost her father, Tom, that was when Greg was going through the, uh, the chemo back 2017. So the lows, you've been through those lows. And I wanna echo that leadership. So not just Greg and Sarah, but the church. I mean, really the whole church welcomed us when we came, I mean, with Marina and the whole church always stepping up. I do believe we got, have had and will have strong leadership at our church. It's not gonna stop. I believe the Lord is with us in that. So praise the Lord for that. Um, and then you mentioned too, like the fellowships and the small groups. And I know you guys, many of us have spent time at Greg and Sarah's home, or maybe you've had them out to your home, Michigan and Wisconsin. And those are precious times. We love those times to spend with the family. Um, I know I love on the girls too, and we don't know you as well as we should maybe. But maybe some of us have had the experience. I know when Adriana was little, we were the, the hedge of protection when she was being fearless. So many of us did that. And maybe you get to know Olivia when she was, you know, that size, a little bitty girl. Or maybe recently, if you joined recently, you saw Hannah score a thousand points in basketball over here. Yes. Or maybe you just shepherded Sophia in uh, gems or something. But every one of them have touched our lives, and it's been a special moment every time. And so we praise God for that, right? We praise the Lord for the Shearinga family their love for us and the opportunity to love them back. 
So thank you, Lord. We do give you thanks and praise for that. And I didn't ask you, Greg, I'm going to ask you, is it okay if you, maybe you and Sarah come up? And normally we would have the whole church lay hands on them, but I know we're social distancing and that, so we were thinking just Matt and I would lay hands on you guys. And we just want to pray for you and send you off. Is that okay? And then I won't pray. We won't go longer than 15 minutes in the prayer. So, <laughs> so there will be no social distance issues. Awesome. Yeah, just uh, maybe line up in front or and face the congregation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I love it. Oh, thanks. Oh, hello. Testing, testing. Okay. I'll just, yeah, you go on one end, I'll go on the other. We're just going to lay hands on you guys right here. I have to read this. I'm sorry because I just was nervous. <laughs> uh, can I do that? There we go. Uh, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for Greg, Sarah, Olivia, Hannah, Sophia, and Adriana. Lord, thank you, thank you for their 18 and a half years of service here as they've given to the faith congregation and our community. They have served tirelessly, Lord, through many trials and challenges and have been faithful to their call here. So we give you thanks and praise for that. We give you thanks and praise for Greg's leadership, Lord, over the past 12 years here at Faith. We praise you for how you have used him to help us grow in our faith and to continue in our service to you. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the hearts you've given both Greg and Sarah for their ministry here at Faith. Uh, they and their family have been a blessing to us and to our neighbors. Lord, we know that Greg and Sarah are not perfect, and there may yet be some hurt feelings or unspoken anger between some of us and them. We pray that those hurts would be mended and that any anger would dissipate and that any sins any of us are guilty of would be forgiven, Lord, at your cross. So that when they leave here, Lord, there would be nothing except the love of Christ between us, Lord, and them, our pastor and this congregation. So now, Lord, we bless and commit Greg and Sarah and Olivia and Hannah, Sophia and Adriana, we, we bless them and commit them to your ministry at First CRC in Lapon, Wisconsin. Fill them with a double measure of your spirit. Renew them with your strength and energy to love and nurture a new congregation. We pray you bless the congregation at First CRC and prepare their hearts to receive Greg and Sarah. Bless the girls, Lord, as they transition to new schools and make new friends. Lord, provide Greg and Sarah with wisdom and discernment, patience and compassion. Lord, provide their every need, we pray. Remind them constantly of your presence in their lives and remind them of our love for them and bring us together soon, we pray. I think Miletus and uh, Ephesus, it's about the distance between uh, here and uh, Wapan. So, Lord, help us to get together, we pray. We love you and praise you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Okay, maybe Greg and Greg, you can stay up here. Steve David, if you could come up. If you're somewhere. Hey, there he is. Great. And while he's coming up, I just wanted to, uh, you know, our church is a very selective clapping church. But just to show our appreciation for the Shurangas, I just thought we could give him a hand. We love you guys. We love you.
that's just me. Um, Greg and Sarah, on behalf of the deacons, and I would like to present you with a check that was collected as a love offering from the congregation. You have uh, both led Faith CRC uh, so well over the sorry, last 18 years. Um, from the bottom of our hearts, uh, thank you. God has used you to fulfill his purpose here, and now he has called you to Waupun, Wisconsin, to fulfill his purposes for faith for first CRC. We have been blessed by your service and pray this gift shows just some of the appreciate of our appreciation. Thank you for teaching us his word so faithfully, for leading us in worshiping him, and for being an example of his love for us, to or to us. May God bless you and your new congregation as abundantly as he has blessed us with you both. You will be greatly missed, but we are excited for your for you and your new journey God has granted you. Thanks again for everything you've done.